Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But are you a beginner or a big old kook? There is a difference, you know. And since there's many ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason for the podcast. Because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. So bust out your foamy and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time. And hopefully offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. Oh, hell yeah. I'm stoked. I've been wanting to do this. We've been talking about this for like a year plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You were actually going to be one of the first. Yeah. <laughs> I knew eventually it would happen. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, that's why I never stressed about it. Yeah. I was like, it's going to happen. It's here. It's easy. We're always hanging. Yeah, we're always yeah. popping in t- with each other, checking in and seeing what's going on. So I wasn't stressed about it, but yeah. I am stoked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Uh, I'm chilling here in Adamar Surf Shop, the coolest shop in Montauk. I'm going to go ahead and claim it right now. <laughs> Thank you fucking killer place like what's some of your inspiration behind all this yeah well th- first of all thank you for having me on oh, uh, hell yeah. yeah i'm a an active listener of your podcast so. <laughs> um yeah uh inspiration behind the brand um i used to work for ralph lauren um in uh in the city and i i was doing manufacturing and sourcing for them and uh, at the time i was living in long beach and before work i would um i would get out for a surf and um, and then catch the 731 train from, I think it was 731, from Long Beach into the city. And uh, there were a lot of times before work that, you know, I would forget something at the house. Because in the morning, you know, you're, you're quick to get out and, you know, get, get the, because uh, you, know, you have to be on schedule for the train. So common, common th- thing for me was forgetting a towel. <laughs> and uh, so I had this idea of... Um, creating a towel shirt and the towel shirt was something that I could dry off um, that I could wear to the the beach I could dry off after my session and then I could actually wear it to work and um, so yeah the the Montauk Oxford which is my towel shirt was the first piece that kind of ever came to mind oh wow and uh, that was while working at Ralph and uh, and about two years later I, I launched the company Wow. So how long ago was that now for a little time reference? Yeah, it's been five. This is October. End of October would have been five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the brand's been five years old and uh, and um, the Montauk space is uh, end of year three. So Epic. Yeah. Dude, it's just, I mean, I can't say enough good things. But if, <laughs> if you follow me on Instagram, you already know, like Adam Mars shop. Every time I come in here, I try to do a little story or something just to show the people what's going on in here. But it's just such a good vibe. And like, I especially like the balance of like surf shop, but style and fashion and like just what's going on in the world (laughs) and not just that cookie cutter surf shop poster commercial, you know, pro surfer. I don't know how to even describe it really, but you know what I'm talking about, obviously, because you've gone away from it and it's just well done. No, I think, uh, thank you. (laughs) And um, I think that was on purpose. I think there was there's been a there's been a gap in the industry and I think Saturdays at one point was filling that space Mm -hmm. Um, they had really pushed that surf you know a little bit more fashion end of it Mm -hmm. and I think they've gone since really to the fashion side and and my goal was to fill that kind of more surfing role and uh, Montauk is you know 
culturally has always been about you know about surfing about art about you know culture yeah it just has a presence to it so um when i was ready to start my brand montauk had you know kind of all the elements and Mm -hmm. it made sense to to be here for that yeah like a really good home for that kind of concept um and that that's a that's a interesting point like i don't want to deter too much from the designer aspect of it just because you know you are a surfer and you've molded like and you're inspired by surfing and all that but really the essence of the shop is your work your your clothing design like all this you know the stuff i'm wearing right now you know it's it's great stuff it's beautiful so what about the inspiration for that aside from surfing you know where do you take your inspiration from to, to for designing yeah um it's a good question i think when i was a kid i was very much into wildlife and and nature and and the outdoors and this was from like you know from like three years on like i had animal action figures and you know every you know bird book or wildlife book under the sun and um and so nature has always been a big inspiration for me and i think um I, a lot of my design comes, you know, I draw inspiration from, from that world. And I think you see it in the fabric plays, Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of the textures, I think in nature, you see lots Mm -hmm. of different, you never see, or you always see textures and, and, and variation and pattern. And I think that that comes through in some of my design. Um, I'm also very sensory. And, um, for me, when, as a, as a consumer, the first thing is the feel. Does it feel good? Mm-hmm. And if it feels good, then I'll pull something off the rack mm-hmm. and then check out fit and silhouette and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think evolution, yeah, the inspiration comes from, I pull from, you know, from the natural world. I pull from surfing culture. I pull from, you know, outdoor recreation. Um, mm. And then I also pull from contemporary design. You know, um, you know I'm, 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 I'm definitely a fan of you know you know Ralph Lauren and it was when I was applying for for jobs uh, out of college that was the first place that I wanted to work for um so I you know there there are um some of the classic Americana designers are mm. huge inspirations and um so yeah I pull I'm pulling from right a few on. different worlds and I see it in your colors too you know like one of the things that I always you know just in any case of trying to choose a color scheme whether it's painting your room you know or picking the colors for your new surfboard one place that i always look to for inspiration like you said is nature you know and you just see the best color schemes like in the sky in a sunset <laughs> or in the wave as, a, as it's breaking and the light shines through it you know you see two hues of the same color you know and i really feel like i catch that in your your stuff too yeah no that's true um i mean even the nomenclature the names nomenclature you know Overcast, the overcast hoodie, you know, mm-hmm. kind of inspired by those gray surfy, you know, pumping days. Right. Um, you know, going down the line, um, just in colors that are in the shop, you know, sage, um, ocean, uh, you know, obviously, uh, this is uh, honeycomb. It's kind of got that yellow hue. Totally. But um, without being like a, a bright, vibrant yellow, which would sure. be kind of like... Softer, earthier kind of tones exactly, that, are, yeah. that come through. Yeah, 100%. All right, so like let's let's talk about this real quick because I happen to notice a piece of clothing that looked exactly like <laughs> yours from another brand. Yeah. How do you deal with that when it and so it also happened to be because we've talked about it, it also happened to be one of your best pieces. So yeah. it was clearly it it felt 
very sniped. Yeah. You know, it was like, wow, they must have identified I'm killing it with this piece and then did the same exact thing. It's like, where, how does, how do you deal with that? Like that's, that hurts a little bit. Yeah. That, um, without mentioning names, you know, I'm I'm a young brand and um, still rel- I'm I consider myself under the radar and when people say they know who I am like I'm shocked and that's, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's <laughs> you're like over the moon yeah oh you know this is great <laughs> but um yeah there are you know this was the first year that I encountered and I know that it happens it's pretty common in this industry I mean there's you know people use reference samples and inspiration in you know every business and every brand sure. Um, but yeah, to see it happen on when, you know, you, I consider, I haven't seen anything like this before. So when you see it, another brand kind of making the same piece, it's, you know, and a bigger brand. And a big brand. I was going to say, and this is not like another little under the table guy. It's like a big time brand. You all know it. Yeah, no, it, it, uh, it took a little wind out of the sail, but, um, you have to, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, you you look back and reflect, and you know that you're doing the right things if if you're starting to see things that you're doing in other brands that mm. are that you consider you know competition or in the same world in the same field. So, um, yeah, not I, I, I didn't handle it w- like the best mentally the first few days, but at this point, you know, as long as I'm as I'm staying true to my brand and continuing to push, then it, it's more about people are buying into the brand and the brand's products more so than, you know, just a product. Right, so, just one singular piece. Yeah, so I'm, for the good of the brand, you know, try and continue to develop um, the right aesthetic with the right product so that people are driven to the actual, like the Atomar brand rather right. than this actual piece. And, um, you know, because at the end of the day, everybody can make a t-shirt, what's separating everybody's basic white t-shirt is the brand and ethos behind it and right. i think that's what I, what i want to try and accomplish that was that was so well said <clears throat> and i was almost going to like want i almost wanted to interrupt and say what you said <laughs> like you know rather than get caught up and okay for starters understandable that the first couple of days is like a shock you know and you're like hey come on like i'm trying to make it here as a little designer and then you see a big brand doing it but once you get over that i really liked how you just <clears throat> settled into the mentality of like, okay, well, if other big successful brands are doing this and probably inspired for me because I've already been doing it for years, I must be doing something right. And instead of getting hung up on what you've already designed and what's being copied, continue to be the innovator, continue to be someone who's copied, you know, and establish that reputation as someone who sets the trend, who innovates, and then all the big brands follow the little guy, you know, who they're just secretly watching. And like, I guess there's always going to have to be like an emotional, um, thing to deal with, you know, of that like, damn, but it still feels like you're being stolen from. Um, but I, I, I just love that like attitude. Just the only way through is just forward, looking ahead, next piece, next line of clothing, you know. And then I also really liked how you said that what's the difference between any other brand's white t-shirt compared with yours or another brand? It's the brand behind it, you know. It's the the supporting, the foundational elements of that whole picture you know and that's very much like how I teach surfing what's the difference between any teaching and all is I because I'm going back to basics I want to set the tone right from the foundation Mm -hmm. you know and make the the bottom layers the basics like totally wrapped up in my brand in my like philosophy for teaching so that's just so 
in tune, in rhythm with like the way I think about things. And I guess that's why we get along so well and yeah. we do business <laughs> together because we feel the same way about a lot of stuff. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there, I think it, the mentality can be, you know, used across multiple disciplines. Like mm. it's not just a fashion mentality. You know, it can be a, the surf continue mentality or it can be, you know, in the food business. But I think if you're consumed with what other brands are doing and, and this is you know easier for me to say now totally and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was say easier said yeah, than done yeah. of course but. but if you're consumed with what everybody else is you know every other brand is doing then you're never going to focus in on what you need to be doing so mm. um you know and and each brand and each market has specific needs and um yeah like the montauk market is a tricky one you know we have we have three months to really maximize you know, our year mm. and um, figuring out the right assortment, the right philosophies, um, the right service. Um, yeah, that, it's all really important in maximizing the time. Right on. Uh, you got any cool collaborations coming up? Anything, <laughs> anything good happening? Yeah, we have a few in the mix. Um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say, but I'll say it anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, we have a collaboration coming out next year with Rhythm um, on a collection. Um, and uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was an exciting bit. You know, I've never, I've never really been, my, sh my shoulder's never really been tapped before. So, um, you know, for me strategically, I know they have a stronger presence in Australia. Mm -hmm. And I have no presence in Australia. So for me, this was a good opportunity to tap into that market. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we're, you know, small, I think, like six to ten piece collection. Cool. Um, so clothing and... Cl and yeah, clothing. Uh, but, you know, it'll, it'll be launching next summer and we'll have it in the shop in Montauk. Epic. Looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah. You know, I'm always excited to yeah. rock some new gear, yeah. some new Adamar gear. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's get into your, your surfing story. Tell me about your, your the beginning first. You know the KootCast is yeah. largely revolving around the whole learning phase of surfing, which we all usually conclude hasn't ended for any of us yet. Yeah. But how about the very beginning of that? Like when did you start and how old were you? Where? The, yeah. Just the little quirks and stories yeah. behind it all. I was a little bit later to surfing than most. I think I started when I was 14 or 15. And... Um, a, a very close friend of mine, um, he, he was he was a surfer, and for a couple of years, he was trying to convince us to get in the water. And uh, one summer, we, we said, okay, let's, let's go for it. And this was me and my brother. And uh, we ended up going to this, it's not really a secret spot anymore, but a very great left-hand wave on Long Island. And, um, and this day was like, maybe waste of stomach high, nobody out it was just the three of us my friend and my brother and myself and i'll never forget we were on a six foot we, me and my brother were taking turns on this one board it was a six foot four bic <laughs> a bic surfboard like the pens <laughs> yeah and um and my brother went up my brother uh was the first one to uh to get, take a crack at it and the first wave that he caught he got to his feet and he started pumping down the line. No. Literally the first wave. I kid you not. And and uh, my friend Will, who was uh, who was giving us the lessons, couldn't believe it. Like he's <laughs> like, oh my gosh, like that was unbelievable. <laughs> and um, and I was like, oh great, this is going to be easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and whoever said surfing was hard. <laughs> yeah. And I so my brother gives me the board and I get on and I could not stand up. Oh god. I could not. I could not get it for the life of me. And honestly, I don't, I think it took me 
I think it took me like three three weeks before I and I, I wasn't taking lessons. It was just taking a board out and doing it on my own. Yeah. I think it took me three weeks before I stood up on my first wave. Like it it took time. Yeah. Some sometimes it comes really naturally for people, and sometimes you have to work a little bit at it. Sure, but did he keep doing that over and over again? No, or was that no, okay? That was an right, anomaly. Right. That first wave, that was <laughs> it. He he caught that one gem, and like he didn't catch another one. So <laughs> thank God that uh, yeah, would have been awful <laughs> yeah, for you. Yeah, no, it would. Yeah, it was. But you know, we're 21 months apart, so there's a competitive, you know, sure edge is. to yeah. us, especially when we were younger. You know, yeah, anything you can do, I can do better, right? Yeah, and um. So we would push each other, and uh, um, but yeah, it took me it took me a couple weeks before I finally. You know, How was that though? Seeing your brother do it, and then you walking away from that day not having done it, was it like oh, man, like the super most frustrating feeling in the world? Yeah, I mean, even not getting, I it, I, I was motivated at this point, right? Because you, you see your brother get up and like, and at the time he was like twelve years old, or thirteen years old, and. Uh, and I was like, man, this is going to be easy. It'll be fine. My 12-year-old brother's doing it. Like, I can do it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it was somewhat motivating. But I think just being in the water, and even though I didn't catch a wave, like, the energy and enthusiasm for me was still there. Mm. And that's how I knew, like, you know, that this is this is for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that first wave that I did end up catching then you know you're totally hooked. Right, like, right, right. It's just that one that one down the line motion and that's it. Forget it. Yeah. yeah. It's that's funny about surfing though how like you can fail at it a lot before you do anything that feels like you've made a step forward yeah. and still know that this is for you. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot that surrounds quote unquote doing it yeah. that makes it worth it still you know which is why you can surf on a shitty day when the waves suck and really not get any good rides and still have a great time yeah. I think it's especially true in surfing because you're in the water you know it it's just like such a beautiful you know medium and uh, you're usually among friends and um, so you don't always have to be surfing the best waves and or surfing your best mm. to have a good time that's a good point. Yeah. I, I like that you said that because there's plenty of times where I fully recognize the waves are good. Yeah. Like, and I'm not surfing as good as I feel I should or as fe I feel as good as the waves would allow me to or just as good as my friends that are like killing it right next to me <laughs> and for some reason I can't get in rhythm. Yeah. And like there used to be a time where that bothered me and I'd kind of leave a session a little, I don't want to say upset, but just down kind of. Yeah. And somewhere along the line in the last 10 years, I figured out like, whoa, 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 don't do that to yourself, <laughs> yeah. you know, like enjoy surfing for whatever you think you should be doing, however you think you should be performing, whatever, you're out in the water, you are catching waves, you are doing it, you know, whatever this discrepancy is between what you think you should be doing and what you're actually doing is, like, never mind that, you know, and once I got that, you know, once I started having fun, no matter what, no matter my performance, no matter how the waves were, then I really even found a new level in surfing. Yeah. That that's where I'm trying to encourage people to find. And I think, from I, I mean, I, I took a similar path for years. All I did was take out a shortboard, the smallest shortboard, the thinnest little potato chip that I could find, mm. and it was about yeah, like trying to charge as hard as you could and and push your, which is you know, there's always a time and a place for that. Sure. But um, I think within the last three years, my, the mindset's changed, and it's about the enjoyment and 
and now I think like this year I maybe took out a short board three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's been about long boards and mid lengths and fish shape, like fun, easy, like easy, easy shapes to ride. Get in, get on the wave early, um, and for me that's opened up a new a new chapter in my surfing and uh, and it's just made it more of an enjoy an enjoyable thing and not so much of a competitive aggro thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's it's an important like discovery to make in surfing. I don't know if people maybe have that feeling when they come to it later in life because it's like as we got older that's what we discovered to like calm down and not worry about yeah. who's watching or how you compare it to the guy next to you True. but to just enjoy it. But still, that's like, I had the same journey, you yeah. know, like, I mean, we've talked about this before. Being a short boarder, being a kid, feeling like that's the only board you can ride, yeah. you better rip, <laughs> yeah. you know, and no yeah. other options. And we were ex- never going pro. Yeah, yeah. no, we were ne- I don't know what we were thinking. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but man, things changed yeah. when I started to realize, like, a two-foot wave suddenly looked a lot more fun when I was willing to ride other equipment, yeah. you know. And I don't know if, like, if it's an industry thing, too. Like, when I was a kid, I only saw like Kelly Slater and you know those guys ripping on shortboards. Mm. And and I don't know if there's been a change in 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 industry approach, but now I see people riding alternative shapes and you know on the video on stab yeah. or whatever and being video. glorified and, and, and stuff. being glorified. So yeah. I don't know if that was a thing back in the day and maybe that just opens up your eyes a little bit more about No, I think you're right. But. I think there was less visuals of just alternative craft. Yeah. And I think it was less it was not something to be proud of even just 10 years ago, yeah. you know? And then never mind in the 90s and the early 2000s, like it was like embarrassing. Yeah, to, to be write. on a long board. Yeah, yeah, to be on anything other yeah. than a shortboard. Yeah. In fact, somebody I really want to get on the show um, was telling me they grew up in San Clemente. I'm not going to spoil the guest just in case I don't get him on the show. <laughs> but he was telling me how he grew up in like a surfing family. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like a known surfing family and like their religion was surfing and like life was surfing for them and he was saying how when he started discovering longboarding he had to hide it from his family because it was like so taboo so like black magic you know like don't tell (laughs) the fam that i'm starting a longboard and enjoy it no less you know so that'll be a good story to hear if i get it but just proves the point that it wasn't only until recently that it was kind of acceptable and even cool to do you know but, and um, I think now, I mean, and maybe it's unique to Montauk because there is such a longboard culture out here. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, you know, you roll up to some of the spots with a shortboard, people are looking at you like, this kid, man. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. that's so true. Like, yeah. now I have that kind of attitude, too. It's yeah. like, I mean, it's also getting to know the tool for the job. For sure. You know, when you have a quiver, especially like you do, you know, you roll up to the beach and, and just like a carpenter like looks at a job and he doesn't pull out a screwdriver to hammer a nail in, mm-hmm. you know, you use the right tool for the job at hand. That's true. So when you see gutless, mushy, little knee to waist high waves, you know, that can be really fun on the right equipment. Yeah. You okay. know, it can be pretty har- horrible yeah. and, and torturous to yeah. be riding the wrong I board. think you said it to me. I think it was you. Um, and this was, I think, last year. There are no bad days, just bad board choices. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I probably. I yeah. mean, I definitely believe that. Yeah. So I'll take credit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that advice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Here's one. How about your fears in surfing? You know, we all have things that kind of make us shake or hesitate or even just question, second guess what we're about to do. What is that for you? Big waves. Mm. Yeah. Big waves for sure. And, and I don't know 
what the fear is because I've never been hurt surfing. I've never been close to drowning surfing. But for whatever reason, when it gets big and gnarly, like I get really edgy. And I don't know if that's common. And I feel like people don't often talk about it. Like, you know, especially like I I used to run a a surfing club in college and um, every swell, the crew would go down and and catch whatever hurricane was coming through. And, and, you know, we usually went to New Jersey because we had some friends who lived there and and we catch Jersey swells and Jersey swells are heavy, Mm -hmm. like Jersey barrels and it's thick. And and I remember like back then you didn't talk about, you know, the fear factor. You went, right? You went and you paddled out with the boys. So um, but I remember always feeling like a little bit uncomfortable in in big heavy surf so i think that's where you well, know. for sure and i think the other part of this is that big waves means big regardless of the size you're big talking consequences. about right yeah. like well big like like it's it's it kind of describes more of your level of fear like a big wave is not a 10 foot wave a big True. wave can be a three foot wave if you're only comfortable on two footers that's a good point so like it's totally reasonable to be scared of big waves because big is whatever you consider to yeah. be big whatever breaks that threshold of scary and big yeah. but dude talking about not talking about it that's a really good like kind of theme in surfing you know because everybody wants to be brave and like you know you don't just it's not black and white yeah. that line True. of fear and like i can't do it or i can't it's like a blurry gray area where you're like, I think I can try. I better paddle out. It looks really good. But you have a little fear you're dealing with, and you're looking around at the boys wondering if they feel it too. They don't <laughs> yeah. look like it. So you're like, all right, let me just keep yeah. this inside and give it my best shot. Um, but recently we had a swell, well, a couple of weeks, I guess a month ago now, that was pretty big. You were surfing yeah, it. I surfed with you day two. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but day one got pretty big and pretty yeah. heavy, but pretty perfect. Oh, yeah. So you're looking at it. And you're like, wow, that's big and really great. And like, but there's no excuses for not going out because it was just perfect. You can't not, you, like you, it's weird because in your head, when it's big and like, you have to go, You right? have to. It's like your duty. Yeah. Your it, responsibility. But the problem was it was big enough to be scared. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. holy moly. So finally, I think I broke the ice. I yeah. said to one of the boys, I was like, yo, I was a little scared out yeah. there. And everyone was like, oh, my God, thank yeah. God. I was so scared, <laughs> yeah. too. Like, and then for the rest of the day, we're talking about how yeah. we're scared. And it was kind of fun, actually, because session number two, yeah. we're all, like, making these noises and, like, yeah. having Hooting fun, like, hollering. sharing how we're a little afraid, but we're going anyway. Yeah. And it just, it broke down a barrier in a way. Uh, true. And, and I think it's, it's interesting because it's all, it's, for me, it's totally mental. Because that first day was, what, like, 8 to 10 foot and heavy tubing. Mm-hmm. The second day was still, like, 6 to 8 plus. Yeah, totally. And, and, but it felt like it was half the size. Mm-hmm. And the day two, like, there was no fear. Mm-hmm. Like, you just were out there having fun. So I think it's, it's just that mental approach. And, you know, on the East Coast, you don't often see that. And, right. and it, you're not exposed to that kind of size. So I think it's once you start just being in it, you become more comfortable with it. Sure. And um, yeah, for me, I think it's just a mental hurdle. It's so true. It really is mental because the truth is you can totally do it. Mm-hmm. You could totally, but if you, and if you had that like attitude, that charging attitude, you'd prove to yourself right away you can do it. In fact, that's why they say, you know, I mean, within reason, facing your fears because you prove things to yourself, you know, like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. But the, the battle is for sure on the mental front, you know, and it's it's all up there. Yeah. It would be nice if we get more waves like that more often and get a little more <laughs> oh exposure. My that was all time. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Oh. 
but now then by the time that happens again I'm gonna be scared again yeah. not like Cause you because it's been like a month right <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> uh, and when like what about traveling have you ever like mm. traveled to some big surf or run into surf abroad or yeah um, biggest actually um, the biggest day that I ever paddled out was um, and actually I wasn't really in the spot where it was big but it was pipeline and no way. yeah so um, this Holy was like shit. yeah this was three years ago and I think it was the Vulcan pipe pro that was going on there was an actual contest going on and pipe was like maybe 10 foot pipe it was massive oh my but god like 20 yards down the beach is the what aokai i think it is that beach break yeah yeah well and the, it depends which way but to the if you're looking at pipe to the right yeah i think so i i mean i'm not really yeah, familiar yeah. i just know it from magazines and the beach break yeah and the beach break was three foot what? yeah and it was crazy to watch like 10 foot massive pipe on one side of you and then this three foot playful weird but feeling the energy like even though the waves weren't big where i was sitting seeing that like still made me nervous yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, i am mean, dangerously close yeah. to that giant yeah. of a wave <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you see like watching guys surf those kinds of waves for whatever reason pushes pushes you because you can see you can kind of pick up on how they're approaching mm. a wave of that kind of consequence. Sure. Um, but that was special to see. Mm. That was definitely the biggest day that I've ever seen um, and ever, I mean, technically been out in the water for, even though I wasn't out in the water for. But um, other than that, I, I think, I mean, Hurricane Bill maybe. Um, oh, wow. Where'd you surf for Hurricane Bill? Long Beach. Oh, all right. Yeah. That was huge. That might have been one of the biggest days I've mm -hmm. ever been out. Um, I remember that was big for me too. Yeah. We were young then. Oh yeah, I think we were eighteen-ish. 18 yeah, I, you're, like, we're about the same age. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, yeah, I think we were. Something I think we were like eighteen. To I remember. I remember that morning. It was kind of out of control and almost too big, yeah. you know. And I was I was a little east of you, so yeah. we were like fully exposed, and it was but it was kind of unruly. Yeah. And then we found like a sort of protected sandbar, a little bit more yeah. tucked in, but it was really it was still big, just yeah. totally surfable. And that was some of the biggest surf I had ever surfed up until that point. You too, huh? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I, that, at least memorable, like memorable big waves. That was probably it. I, and I think, I think as I've gotten, I've got as I've gotten older, I've become more choosy on those kind of big. Like I don't know if I'd go out on a hurricane bill day anymore. Like mm -hmm. that was that was gnarly swell. Um, but you know, like that that swell that we had a month ago. I mean, mm -hmm. it was. But you know what's so gnarly about that one is that it was so concave, inside out, like heavy. Mm. You know, like a proper tubing wave. Yeah. You know, just pitching right from the takeoff, and that's totally different than a wave of the same size that kind of mushes over. That's a, that's a good point. If 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 it's big and soft, different experience, yeah. right? If it's big and heavy and tubing, like you only have one option. You, like you pull in. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you paddle your you commit yeah. 100 percent. Committed. Back down. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because if you're not. Yeah over okay how about this one i wonder if you'll have something in mind kookiest moment oh gosh surfer um, confessions it's time kookiest moment um actually yeah i have a good one um so the spot that i learned how to surf at you you have to drive onto the beach to get there and um i drove drove down the beach and parked my car went for a surf had a great time and I'm now about to leave the beach and put all my stuff in, 
and I'm trying to reverse out of out of the sand, and my car is getting stuck in the sand. And there's like there's probably like 50 guys, yeah. <laughs> all sitting around, just hoping you yeah, get stuck. <laughs> yeah, watching this go down, and like, and then I, I'm, I'm and I was an idiot. I didn't air down my tires. Like I, I went in straight from the pavement, right onto the sand, yeah, yeah. and you know had full pressure. Couldn't went, slow down. Couldn't, couldn't stop. Oh had to get God. to the beach. Yes, and and of course, again, being an idiot, I'm like really revving the gas pedal. Oh no! And the wheels are turning and digging in deeper into the sand, and all the guys are watching me doing this, and um, and now I feel like a total idiot, <laughs> and. Now there's no way for me to get out. So I, I, had a sh- I always bring a shovel just in case at the beach. And I'm digging myself out. I'm like trying to dig my tires out of the sand and create some kind of even gradient to back out. Couldn't get it out. So finally, f- five or six guys come in and start pushing my car like out of the, out of the, the wedge that I've like yeah. dug my while tires you're into. While you're gassing it? While I'm gassing it. And finally we got it out. All right. But there was probably... There's probably like 50 guys watching me like <laughs> kook up this driving expedition and leave a giant hole. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember because like I've seen this happen before and you're watching and and not that I judge, but you're judging. <laughs> you're like this guy. He should have aired down like like there's not a positive like what a kook. Yeah, total kook. So um, and yeah, like it was like you know, the local community that was all watching this go down. Yeah, yeah, because so. I know the spot you're talking about, yes. and that's for sure a local crew. Oh, like, yes. Those are the boys. Yes. They're sitting around waiting, hoping for a show. Oh, gosh, it was a show. <laughs> um, that was definitely the most embarrassed I've felt, or one of the most embarrassed. At least I think it's the most embarrassing because I remember it. Um, but Just that was like, some, yeah, on display oh, right yeah. there. So word of advice from a kook air down your tires. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's, that is a good piece of advice because I've heard people be like, oh, I don't air down my truck so good on the beach. And it's like, that's so stupid because it, the, you don't just air down to drive on the beach better, but to go easier on your transmission. You know, even if your car is pulling you through the sand, it's a higher strain on your transmission yeah. if you're just using these like rock hard, fully inflated tires through the sand. You know, True. when you air it down and soften it up, you can float a little more and go easier on your rig. I yeah. mean. Not to mention, though, okay, so that story reminds me of one time I was checking the waves, and I was literally, like, I pull up, and I'm, I see these guys who are body against the sand, like, tires <laughs> halfway down, <laughs> body sitting on yeah. the sand, like, level. I was like, oh, my yeah. God, that is the most stuck I've ever seen anybody be stuck. Yeah. And, and the best part is... There's like five of them, and they're driving up and down the beach to find the boat yep. that came off the anchor, oh, and it drifted geez. somewhere up on the beach. Jeez. It's like, oh, double whammy yeah. kooks here. But um, so I run over to the guys. I'm like, here. I give them one of my like air tools, you know, like check your pressure. I'm like, air down. He's like, yeah. oh, I did. I'm down to 25. I'm like, go no. down to 15. Yeah. Like <laughs> air down. And he just went down to 15, and I couldn't believe my eyes. Like I knew it would help, but I didn't know it would help this much. The thing popped right out of the sand. Yeah. Like it lurched out like a little bunny rabbit coming out of a it hole. It makes a huge difference. I was like, holy moly. Yeah. So from then on, I knew better than ever, yeah. air down. Another bit of advice, and this is from watching it go down, not from actually doing it myself. 
this summer actually somebody drove like a bmw 4 series onto the beach and got stuck oh what those don't go in the, yeah, the yeah. sand so make sure that you're on a four by four like <laughs> off-road capable vehicle make yeah. sure your car has four-wheel drive yeah, yeah bring it back to the basics yeah four-wheel drive and like can like rise off the sand by like more than four inches yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh my gosh it's funny like you forget you have to mention that kind of stuff but you kind of do yeah yeah, yeah. not you know? every car is meant to drive on the sand <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. All right. I got a lightning round for you. Okay. You ready? Yes. I got some questions for Adam here that I'm just going to spit out. You try to answer them as fast as you can. Okay. And as honestly as you can. All right. Ready? This is the first time I'm doing this. I got this okay. idea. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I got this idea from Dave Prodan. Did you listen to the new WSL yes. Surf Forecast? Of course. I mean, uh, podcast? Yep. Uh, yeah, he did a lightning round with... Uh, with uh, oh, shoot. Who is his first guest? I totally forgot. I'm just going blank. Name. I think now I'm just going crazy that I forgot it. I can't get up and get my phone. So no, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, okay. But anyway, I, yeah, Dave Prodan did this on uh, his his uh, WSL podcast, and I thought it was a pretty cool idea. Was it Strider? No, it wasn't Strider. It was a legend. It was uh, Peter Townsend. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's who it is. Excellent. All right, nice. here we go. Brain working for me today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still early here. That last sip of coffee just yeah. finally kicked, kicked in. in. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ready? Yep. Favorite surfer? I think Kelly Slater. All right, fair enough. Regular or goofy foot? Oh, goofy. Rights or lefts? Lefts. Beach breaks or point breaks? Mm. Point. Longboard or shortboard? Depending on the waves. If it's good, shortboard. Mm-hmm. Favorite surf spot? Basically, desert island. If you're stuck on a surf spot, you can only surf this spot for the rest of your life. It can be anywhere in the world. Uh, Pavones. Ooh. All right, desert island, one board for the rest of your life. Uh, seven two, uh, seven two thruster, like Christensen, sea bucket type shape. Something fuller in the nose, pulled in at the tail, all around. All kind of ride it in small, ride it in big. Same yeah. for me. Yeah. Some sort of mid length. Yeah. Uh, worst wipeout. Worst wipeout. Um, I was in Jersey and uh, pulled into a and Jersey heaves. This was actually in uh, in um, what's it called Bayhead. Mm -hmm. And Bayhead is a heavy barreling wave, and or it was. I don't think it's there anymore. But um, pulled in and barrel starts heaving over and clips me in the head and i get absolutely plowed <laughs> into the sand worst wipe out by far held down for a long time or just ragdolled ragdolled yeah that'll yeah. do it and that's it's a lot of water to get hit, to hit your head so for sure and probably cold water because normally it was fall it was fall yes. it was actually the actually it was last year and it was the first day that i had a winter suit on there it is yeah. That was my lightning round, peeps. If you got any good lightning round questions, send them to me because uh, I kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, there's no thought. Yeah, yeah, you just or gotta like, boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom. Um, I'm sure there's some great questions to ask in a lightning round, but I just came up with these like five minutes ago. I think it was great. <laughs> Adam, thanks so much for uh, being on the show. Chris, thanks for having me. Thanks for there. having me in this beautiful shop. Hey, if you haven't checked out Adam R's Surf Shop, you're kooking it. And if you haven't subscribed to the KookCast, you're kooking it. So double whammy, kooks out there. Get in here and check out this surf shop. Get some cool clothes. And uh, yeah, leave us a rating and review while you're checking out the podcast. 
Woo-hoo!